Hey everybody, thank you for joining us for today's episode of Real Estate Disruptors. Today we have Annie Dragunova with Batch Skip Tracing, but I can't say it correctly. So how do I say it? How do you say it? Draginova. There you go. <laughs> Annie. And she's going to share how she came here from immigrant to millionaire and how they're doing 10 deals a month right now. Um, if this is your first time tuning in, I'm Steve Trang and I help entrepreneurs create businesses that support their family, lifestyle and goals through mentorship. And I'm on a mission to create 100 millionaires. If you want to be one of those millionaires, drop me a message on Instagram at steve.trang. If you're excited for today's show, please give me a wave, give me a thumbs up. And as a friendly reminder, I don't charge a dime for this show. I don't make any money doing this. So here's all I ask. This is what it costs for you to listen to this show. If you get value out of the show, please tell a friend. You can either share this episode right now, tag a friend below, or tell them your best takeaway from the show later on. That way we can all grow together. And this is a live show, so please ask your questions for Andy to answer. You ready? Yeah, let's go. All right, so first question is, what got you into real estate? Uh, all right, so first I want to say thank you for having me, um, finally. Um, <laughs> <laughs> second, I just wanted um, everyone to actually take a look at what pay, uh, what Steve is actually using. Um, it's He's on a Mac today, so. You got some personal issues. <laughs> we do. Uh, <laughs> so as far as what got me into real estate, um, I started working with on my family business. It was I got out of high school and I was looking for a job. Um, I was working at Papa John's at the time. I was flipping pizzas, and my dad needed help in the family construction company. And it wasn't like don't think like a huge construction company. It was my dad. Like that was the only person in it, and he simply just needed someone to just um, run his QuickBooks. So I stepped in. I thought more. Um, it was more of a favor that he did to me because I couldn't really find something that I was passionate about. So I started working in the family construction company. That on the finances. On the finance side, yeah. But it wasn't even finance. It was just I would get a Home Depot receipt, I would plug it in, and that was as tech as it, it was in the beginning. Um, and from then on, we we kind of grew it a little bit. Um, Evil, my brother, stepped in and he helped us grow even more. And we weren't um, we weren't really working for um, just an everyday homeowner. We were working with the con uh, we were working with the government. Um, we had contracts with the government themselves because we knew that the government would pay. Well, at least we were hoping, mm -hmm. um, <laughs> and we were hoping they would, they would pay on time. So that grew into a really big business, but it was very transactional. Um, we had invoices that were like thirty dollars to five thousand, and it wasn't something that even myself like we didn't know how to grow this company. So from then, we just started flipping. We kind of dwindled down what we were doing with the construction company, and we started flipping on by ourselves. I would have a flip, he would have a flip going, mom and dad would have a flip here and there. And it was until, it wasn't until like we did one or two flips together that we saw that we could actually like conquer and achieve a lot more working together. Um, oh, so you guys were working separately. We were working separately, yeah. And okay. yeah, I didn't know anything about construction. Like my first flip, like I broke the, the water line outside trying to get the lockbox open. It was, <laughs> I called mom and dad. It was, I remember it was like, uh, it was February. It was 35th Avenue so in Dunlap. Families in construction. Yeah. And you're trying to flip houses without their help. Yeah, that was it. Yeah, I <laughs> that took makes a, a lot of sense. Well, why not? Like I wanted to yeah. see and I wanted to prove to myself that like, hey, I can do this. Like I'm not, I'm not going to depend on mom and dad. I'm not going to depend on the family construction company or on Evo. Yeah. Um, I wanted to prove it to myself more so than anyone else. That's that's fascinating. So then you went from flipping to? 
Went from flipping to Eva pointing out on a few HUD statements, because I didn't know what a HUD statement, like I knew what it was, but I never really paid attention to any of the line items. I don't think a lot of us actually still do pay attention. Mm -hmm. And it wasn't until Eva pointed out like, hey, look, there's an assignment. Do you know what that is? I'm like, no. Like, who cares? It's a title fee. Like, I don't know. Right. It was like three or four times that that happened. And he's like, well, we can learn how to do that. Um, hey, there's a Shantari event coming up. Um, do you want me to get tickets? It's buy one, get one free. I'm like, well, sure, why not? It was like $200 that we spent. Mm -hmm. And that's how we got into wholesaling. We wanted to make larger flipping profits. Um, and we didn't know that wholesaling itself was a completely other business. So you guys are just trying to capture that assignment fee. That, that's all we wanted to do. Yeah. yeah. And when was this? Uh, 2016, 2016, 2017, somewhere okay. around there. Not that long ago. No, no. Okay. And so you guys started maximizing your profits on your flips. And then what happened? Uh, well, we didn't actually do that. So um, we were still learning and we knew there was going to be a learning curve. Um, so our flipping still kind of stayed the same, but we started learning a lot more about what wholesaling was. So then we took on about, I wanted to say about 30 flips that we did in 2017. Um, and in 2017, we did 30 flips, but we let a few kind of fall between the cracks. We lost a few, um, we lost money on a few, we made money on the rest, but it wasn't something that we that we profited a lot from. Yeah. Um, and it wasn't until 20, like mid 2017 that we were like full on board with wholesaling. Mm -hmm. And that's kind of how we started. Yeah, because I think I met you and Evo in 2018 yeah. in the Go-Giver meetup. Yeah. And you were quiet back then. I still am. <laughs> I and still am. That's when uh, I first learned about stacking, like yep. list stacking. Like Evo was talking about, you know, we're doing direct mailers and we're list stacking. And I was like, I don't know what this guy's talking about. Yeah, that's that's still that's still exactly what how I feel. It's still exactly how or, or, like we had a meeting on Tuesday. Yeah. Um, Evo, Jesse, and myself, the three partners, and Evo was sitting there talking about sip trunks. I think it was and. <laughs> And we still have no idea what he's talking about. Yeah. <laughs> he's, he's, he's special. Well, he's the math scientist. He is. So one thing that um, I wanted to highlight, you know, we talked about offline, mm -hmm. was, yeah, you started with a family business and you were with Papa John's, whatever, but you've been hustling for a very long time. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> so let's talk about, you know, your entrepreneurial spirit when you were a kid. All right. So we, my family migrated to the States when I was eight. And before that, and it was actually recently, it was in, um, as a Thanksgiving that my mom told us the story because I don't remember. Mm -hmm. um, and I didn't remember until like she started like talking about it and there was like flashbacks and little bits and pieces that I would start remembering. But it was, um, there was Kinder Eggs and now they're being, becoming popular here. But back home, there were just little round chocolate eggs and inside was a, another little shell, it was a plastic shell and in that shell, there was a toy. So I would gather toys from all the eggs that I had. I never had a, anything to do with, like I never wanted to play with those toys. They never gave me any joy. I didn't want them. So mm -hmm. I, sat, I set up a table outside in the front yard and I would, sell it to, I would sell my toys to the other kids. And my mom said that I did make some profit and I would go buy an actual <laughs> toy that I actually wanted. Um, so that's when my hustling, I, uh, so I hustling entrepreneur started. since you were a kid. Yeah, absolutely. And what brought you guys, because one of the things we're talking about here, right, is from Immigrant to Millionaire. Yeah. What brought you guys here? 
Um, so my mom and my dad decided to actually move here um, in hopes for a better life for um, Evo and I. And um, we had a lot when we were when we were in Bulgaria. We weren't poor. We weren't. I would say we were pretty well off for for the standard at home or in Bulgaria. And it was it was it's still shocking to me that my mom and dad decided to leave just for a better life for us. So that's why we moved. When so there we, wasn't a lot of pain. There wasn't war. There was, nothing. It was just it's they, better over there. Yeah. They they just wanted they had friends that lived in Phoenix. That's why we chose or they chose Phoenix. Mm-hmm. I never they never asked me for my input. <laughs> <laughs> but it was I, and I still don't understand like why and how someone can be so selfless mm-hmm. to do that. Yeah. Um, as I remember coming here, mom and dad would work like two jobs nonstop. Um, we came with like two hundred dollars, honestly. Um, I never when I was like the first year or so, they never bought clothes for me. Um, they would always buy clothes for Evo because we didn't, you didn't have, have to money. Wear Evo's clothes. Oh, I no, I did. <laughs> they would, they would, yeah. So I had to wear Evo's hand me downs for for a while actually because we didn't well, have money. Was he a giant back then too? He he's been like six foot since three. <laughs> so yeah, absolutely. <laughs> wow. Okay, so you 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 partnered up with Evo. Yeah. Right. So you guys were flipping separately, flipping together. Mm-hmm. Go to Sean Terry's event. Yeah. Could still flipping, but mm-hmm. now you're adding wholesaling. Yep. Okay. And this is how long do you guys how long were you guys doing that? Um, about a year, a year and a half. Um, a year and a half is when we started to just we cut off the flipping portion mm-hmm. because we knew that we were, weren't making money in it. So then we just focused on wholesaling, and that's actually when we started actually intro- like meeting everyone that we know now, like you guys, yeah. like you, everyone in the Go Givers Mastermind. Um, so about a year and a half, I want to say. Mm-hmm. And like it wasn't until like last night when I was like sitting there like thinking about back a year ago. Um, I remember actually January last year, our entire team quit. We had oh, really? we had no one. Yeah, we had absolutely no one. So like just thinking about like where we've gotten to mm-hmm. in just a short pa- uh, amount of time is kind of incredible to me. What do you think led up to that? To which portion? The quitting. Poor management. Yeah. What does that mean? Me, me. Uh, I didn't. I didn't know how to lead. I didn't know how to manage. I didn't. I didn't know how to be a good leader. And I'm still like. A, it's still difficult for me. But I think that I'm learning as as I'm growing, as we're growing. But it was definitely, we we would set the expectation like really high. No one would ever. No one would ever hit the bars. We weren't in, we weren't consistent with our marketing, and we were doing direct mail at the time. And you know, like once you stop direct mail, it's kind of you got and you you got to keep pumping that pipeline. Yeah. So mm-hmm. that's exactly. So what what lessons did you learn? I mean, well, I guess before we get there, right? So you guys are our wholesale, and you guys went right before the team quit. Mm-hmm. This would be 2017, right? 2018. 2018. Yeah. Well, they quit in 18. Yeah, they quit in 18. But leading up to that, 2017, mm-hmm. what was your guys' business like? Um, as far as profit or volume, volume, we were doing about three to four a month. Um, okay. We were focusing on larger spreads. Um, we had two acquisitions beginning, or I would say in August of 2017, and then we pumped it up to four or five. So we had way too many acquisition managers, mm-hmm. not enough leads, non-consistent leads. We had the bar set really high. What was the bar set at? 
Um, we have five leads or five deals per acquisitions, meaning 20 deals per guy. Month. Per guy. Per guy, yeah. Okay. So we were pretty much asking them to find uh, deals out of thin air. Okay. And then, I mean, was this one of those situations where they just stopped coming in? Did they complain? Was there feedback or was it just start from scratch? Um, Both. They yeah. complained, but no, I I was too busy focusing on something else that I was focusing like, all right, on like what? on things that actually weren't, and then looking back, that they weren't money generating activities. Mm-hmm. It was, let me make sure the accounting is right, and it was the end of the year, so you know you want to make sure that you're not going to overpay on taxes, so you're trying to figure out administrative like, stuff. Yeah, so it was never something that like I really paid attention to. I'm still having a really difficult time doing that because mm-hmm. it's it's really difficult like when you're focused on something and someone comes in and mm-hmm. they distract you for a little like every time we come to the batch office absolutely yeah that's exactly <laughs> how it is and it's it's, it's bad but we're yeah. getting good at it okay so then you said you know uh, poor management um, yeah. what have you done then to shore that up so what we have done so we in may may 1st is when we decided to get married to jesse Mm-hmm. And his wholesaling company. Last year. So yeah, May of last, last May year. May of nineteen. Sorry. Twenty nineteen. Yeah. Yeah. Twenty nineteen. We got married. Our wholesaling companies got married with Jesse's, um, and Jesse is a very good, I would say, manager. Mm-hmm. Very good leader. Um, he was lacking a lot of the systems that Eva and I were able to build, and mm-hmm. we were able to manage those. So right now. I'm, t- I'm trying to learn the more the, and the best I can from what Jesse does as far as being like a great leader mm-hmm. to implement that in the wholesaling company. Um, and I think that's what's kind of made the difference. He had a great backing up of a team, um, really just loyal, great people on his mm-hmm. team versus we had a humendous turnaround on ours. Right. And around the same time, I want to say probably right around that time that Eva actually came onto the show initially, yeah. right? Is Eva's got these things that he's working on, these little pet projects here and there. Yeah. And that's kind of blown up a little bit. Yeah, it's, it's, it's not even a little bit. It's, yeah. It's huge. So how does that work? Like, you know, you've got, so you've got your, your, your team, right? You got yep. higher offer. Yes. That's doing about 10 deals a month. Yep. You got batch skip tracing. Yes. And you got batch lead stacker now mm-hmm. and then is that officially right, right now what's out there well as far as like the products that we have yeah uh well we have lead stacker we have uh we have sms sms has rolled out to a lot of our paid users mm-hmm. so we have that rolled out i want to say it's probably the best thing out there and if you haven't tried it just give us a call yeah. we'd love to walk you through it so how do you guys manage though like you got so you have three different companies yeah right so you guys married on your wholesaling side yes and you guys married on your skip tracing side no so we actually we were we started actually doing the the skip tracing portion together in mm-hmm. 2018 2018 mm-hmm. so around like september we started like partnering and with jesse september october we partnered with jesse um and from then on we we were partners on everything except the wholesaling portion mm-hmm. And it didn't make sense that we were spending both sides were spending 90 percent of our time managing and operating a wholesale company and we had this great opportunity in front of us and it wasn't being utilized 
So that's right. what kind of led to, to the merge. Mm -hmm. Okay, so right now, who's in charge of what? Uh, good point, <laughs> good question. Um, so right now, I'm doing most of the wholesaling portion. Um, Evil and Jesse are doing more of the data side. Mm -hmm. um, we now have a lot of other things that are in the pipeline as well. So we have like a development team that, that we're building up now. I would say we're all trying to learn as much as possible on that side. So we're all pretty hands-on. We have a lending side. I would probably say that they're, everyone, Jesse's the main raise, uh, Jesse raises the most money. Mm -hmm. I operate the back end of it. Um, and then we have like an app coming out too, yeah. so. And you guys also are in development. Yeah, so yeah. yeah. That's a recent. Uh, um, so actually that development is, uh, is, is thanks to whole scaling. So yeah. Elizabeth's event in Houston, mm -hmm. uh, October, we I ended up being on a plane um, to Houston with Jamil and um, Chris, mm -hmm. Cashflow Chris. And yeah. it was then that Chris and Jesse kind of, they started talking and Jesse mentioned like, hey, we're looking at expanding. We want to find development opportunities. We have money to bring to the table. And it was Chris that turned around and said, well, I'm looking for a money lending partner. Mm -hmm. I have a development opportunity. So we partnered up on that. So that's, we have this opportunity because of the event that Elizabeth put on. Isn't so that crazy? I honestly, uh, this last year has been so crazy that yeah. nothing, nothing surprises me at this point. So let's talk about that. You know, Elizabeth here, you know, she put out an event whole scaling, which mm -hmm. is a, a, a phenomenal event. Absolutely. And I think that's something that, you know, there's this idea of like growth and collaboration and mm -hmm. all that good stuff. But it sounds like, you know, outside looking in, I mean, that sounds like a bunch of foo-foo stuff, right? It yeah. sounds kind of like, you know, um, what's the the movie, The Secret? I have no idea. Oh. I'm not a movie person. Okay. Well, it was like a documentary about like, you know, if you envision it, it'll happen, yeah. right? And it sounds out there, right? Yeah. So I think people that are on the outside looking in think this has gotta be crazy, this collaboration thing. Mm -hmm. What would you say to that? Um, it is crazy. I've not seen anything like it, but mm -hmm. is it working for absolutely everyone? Yes. Yeah. It's it's kind of so. I actually just recently reread um, Go Giver, so it was like it wasn't like when Pintar was saying um, to I think his name was Gus or Joe. I'm gonna forget the names. Mm -hmm. But Pintar was saying like if you go looking for trouble, you'll find it. Well, it's kind of like that for absolutely everything out there. So if you go looking for collaboration, you go looking for good people to work with. That's what what you're gonna find. So is there those people that might like ruin a re relationship, take advantage of you? Yeah, but that's not who we're looking for. That's not mm -hmm. the vibe, that's not the energy, that's not who we surround ourselves with. So this, what we have is is probably the biggest reason why we've grown so much. Yeah. This collaboration, meeting you, meeting absolutely everyone, Pace, Jamil, um, that, that, wouldn't have been possible if we were closed-minded and didn't want to work with anyone, didn't want to share our secrets, right. didn't want to share what lead stacking was. <laughs> right. So yeah. we, we wouldn't have been able to do this. So we're not going to throw any names on air here, but we were talking yesterday at the batch office where someone screwed you over a couple thousand dollars. Yeah. All right? Yeah. And they have no idea what they've done to themselves. No. You want to talk about that? Yeah. Um. So... It's it's mind blowing to me the fact yeah. that I've done business with this person, and it like he had a really close relationship with Evo, and I went to Evo and I was like, hey, like, 
are you good with this person? Should we do this deal? He's like, yeah, good person, great to work with, never had an issue. Evil loves everybody, though, probably. Um, deep down, I don't think so. Okay. <laughs> it seems <laughs> that way, but anyway, continue. Yeah. And he's like, he's a good person, great to deal with, just go for it. I was like, awesome. So we went ahead, we did this deal, then ended up collecting rent from my tenant that we took over the the tenant, the lease agreement once we purchased the house, and they collected about $2,000 worth of rent. Well, after they sold it to you, after they sold it to me, so they sold it to me in November. So they collected November's or December's rent and January's rent. Um, tenant is single mom, um, and she she kind of didn't believe that I'm the new owner uh, when I was talking to her. I'm actually going right after this to meet her um, in person, and it was crazy to me that you're gonna you're gonna take two thousand dollars and ruin all of these relationships. The relationships because I'm gonna reach out to you guys and warn you, obviously. Right. Um, and ruin all the opportunities that you're gonna have in the back end to yeah. make money together, to grow together. You just ruined that over $2,000. Well, what's crazy, right? And I've said this, you know, um, I think I said this before on the show, is like, we've got a really good thing going on in our Phoenix market, right? Yeah. You know, like a lot of the top players uh, are, are talking together and yeah. we're sharing our secrets and we're all getting better, mm -hmm. right? And if you're not with us, you're gonna get left behind. Yeah. Like it's not like a blacklist, although we kind of have a blacklist. Not kind of. We have a blacklist. We do. Yeah. Right. Um, but it's this thing where they're willing to, they're willing to screw with one of us. Mm -hmm. Now they're really getting left behind. Absolutely. It's crazy to me. Over two thousand dollars, what he's thrown away. It's, and at this point, like I'm not, I'm not even worried about my two thousand dollars because I know it's, it's gone. It's gone. Yeah. Like I'm, uh, why worry about it? It's. A, like, I'm, I'm frustrated and, like, annoyed that someone doesn't see the opportunity in a collaboration, in, in a joint venture, in, in something, and and just being a shady person, honestly. Right. It's annoying. It, yeah. So, uh, Bernard Mack has a question. Yeah. Is how do you define a system and process in your business? So, we actually have everything mapped out, and we're actually having another meeting on Tuesday. We're going off-site, Evo, Jesse, and myself. We're doing absolutely everything all over as far as EOS, mm -hmm. um, so entrepreneurs operating system, mm -hmm. or operating entrepreneurs systems. Um, and we're remapping absolutely everything from who's responsible for what, so then we know who to be, uh, who's going to be leading everything, and if something goes wrong, who is that responsible party? Because we've been stepping on each other's toes like more and more as we're growing. Well, with multiple businesses, yeah. it gets kind of confusing. It does. So now we want to sit down and absolutely map everything. And on top of knowing who's accountable or who's responsible for everything, we have sales processes. So we know as soon as something, a lead comes in, or whether it's a lead for a, for a batch or a lead for the higher offer side, once a lead comes in, what happens? Who's responsible? Where does it go? And our entire team, once we map this out, our entire team is going to see it. Yeah. We're going to show it to the entire team, make sure that everyone knows, and that's how we build our systems around what we want to happen. Yeah, so Bernard, if, you have, <clears throat> if you're not familiar with Entrepreneur Operating System, it's, it's straight out of uh, uh, the book Traction, which, you know, I love that book, one of the best books I think in the business. Yeah. And we just did, Max and I, we just finished our quarterly offsite, and Max shared with the team yesterday our VTO, right? Here's, yeah. here's the VTO, here's our goal for 2020, yep. And this is, this is what everyone's expectation is. And it's powerful, you know, having the process, having the systems in place where you can now write down your vision mm -hmm. and then share that vision 
yeah. properly. And then, you know, you're talking about the um, accountability chart. Yeah. That's, right? that's Everyone exactly. now knows who's responsible for what. Might be three people working on it. Yeah. But only one person's neck. Yeah, is on the line. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Exactly what it is. It's um, actually for, and I think you had Gary on here. Gary Harper? Not yet. Not yet. So Gary, sh shout out. You need to come out here. Yeah. Um, but it, he has on his, um, one of his banners that he has that he always holds up to um, to one of his um, to events, mm -hmm. it's a, a boat of everyone rowing. He's like, if everyone rows together at the same pace, you get you get the results you want a lot quicker. Mm -hmm. So it's kind of knowing where you're going is the VTO and yep. it's how you'll be able to achieve your goals. Yeah. So uh, yeah, again, Bernard, if you haven't read Traction, definitely read Traction. And if you're in business and you're, you got systems that you're having challenges with, Gary Harper is definitely the guy. Yeah. Um, and then Devin wants to know, what's the one thing you contribute most to your success? Um, the one thing, this collaboration that we have going on, I would say being open, mm -hmm. being open to absolutely every opportunity that's presented and being open with the ideas that we have with the things that we're doing, but also being open to receiving. Yeah. Um, and I think that's probably the biggest con contributor to where we've gotten. Right. And so, Devin, you know, again, what I was saying earlier, I met Annie and Evo at a meetup run by Brandon Simmons. Yeah. And, you know, we were in that meeting, Evo's talking about list stacking. And again, like, what the hell is this guy talking about, yeah. right? Um, and But we were all in a room sharing what was working for each one of us. Mm -hmm. And I think that's kind of where the spirit of collaboration that's, started. I, I, I think so. And it's not, like, you, if you look at it from the outside in, again, like, everything that we're doing, it kind of looks like we've been doing it forever. We've known each other forever. Yeah. And it's not, it's not, the, it's not the case. That's where we met Pace. That's where we met Jamil. It's Brandon, Bryant, like, absolutely everyone, Raphael, Brent. Yep. We're all in that group. Yep, exactly. Um, Andrew's got a question for you. Uh, so he says his ex is a first-gen immigrant, and he's convinced that this is a massive drive in her, and that's just top insurance agent in the nation. Very impressive. How much do you think having the immigrant element drives you? Um, honestly, I, I'm not sure. Um, I know that I went from, my family went from having, being, being well off to having nothing to now having to rebuild back everything. Um, I think that seeing the drive in my parents want more for me mm -hmm. and my brother, I think that's more of a drive for me than anything else. It's, I don't think it has anything to do with my with us being immigrants. Personally, I might be wrong. Yeah. But, that's, but it's I, to make your parents happy. It's, it's not to make my parents no. happy, but it's knowing, it's seeing the drive in them and they still have that drive. It's seeing that and I wanna be that, like I wanna do that. I want to have that passion for whatever I'm doing, and I, and I see it in them every day. So yeah, that's good. You still have a very close relationship with your parents. Yeah. Uh, so Andrew, I could tell you, for me personally, as an, as an immigrant, <clears throat> uh, we have I won't say necessarily is the immigrant, but it's the um, you know with my parents, nothing was ever good enough. Yeah. Right. And so I think that's one of the, one of the things that drives us. Uh, you know, when we're in school, if you get our tests back, you know, yeah. what'd you get on your test, yeah. right? And you're always comparing tests. Yeah, absolutely. And your parents, no matter what, like you got a 99, like why didn't you study harder? Well, I never, <laughs> <laughs> well, I'm not you. Like, and yeah. and I had to like actually 
Evil's older. He never studied. Always got straight A's. And then there's me. Like I'm like this. Like I have my face buried in books for for days at a time. I get a B, and I'm like I'm happy with myself, right? Mm-hmm. But obviously, it's, it's, you you see the difference as far as mm-hmm. like your two children growing up. And I never, I I never got why he he got to where like how he got everything to me seemed a lot easier than mm-hmm. I did. Um, but as far as like my parents, I forgot where I'm going with this, honestly. Yeah. Well, we're talking about the, the immigrant advantage, so... Um, oh, my parents, yeah. My parents, they would always kind of... They would never compare us, but they always wanted to push us to do more. It wasn't, let, let me compare it to each, each other. It was just, you can do more. Mm-hmm. It wasn't wasn't that it wasn't good enough. It's like, you can do more. Like, you got a B, but you can do more. You know you can do it. Yeah, we got it different. It was, you can do better. Oh. <laughs> you can... <laughs> and you got to compare. Like, that's what we grew up with. Anyway, that, enough about me. Uh, Matthew Leonard <laughs> wants to know, uh, you know, people don't talk enough about profit. So do you mind sharing your margins on your on your wholesale side? Like, what's your average deal side, deal size, and what's your profitability on your average deal? So, yeah, as far as profit, and this is something that we kind of, we, we, we were talking about yesterday with Evo and Jesse right after you guys met together. Mm-hmm. Um when people hear like I'm running multiple million dollar businesses, like you don't, like people don't realize that that's not what you take home. Yeah. That's not always, so just because you have a multi-million dollar business doesn't mean you're walking away with millions of dollars sometime. But I think that what we've been excellent at is finding loophole, finding, I guess, weaknesses mm-hmm. and just leaning out. Um, as far as our average spread, we're right now about 16.5. Um, and what we are taking home from that because of all the systems and because we have the SMS and it's a little bit cheaper for me than everyone else because I still try to divide the two companies. Obviously, mm-hmm. I'm not going to rob batch for the uh, wholesale side. But right now, we're looking at about take home for us. We're about 10000 10, Okay. So um, that's including our acquisitions, dispositions, leads manager, and lead costs. That's really good. Uh, so Bernard clarified his question. What would you say is the difference between a system and a process? A system is, for instance, our batch lead SMS. Mm-hmm. That's a system. A process is how to use it. Right. How our leads get input in there. That is a difference between a system and a process for us. Uh, and Pace wants to know if you're traveling to any events this year. If I'm traveling to any events this year, uh, I'm waiting to get, actually get an invite from Pace and Jamil to go to Pace and Jamil Do America. Me too. So yeah, well, yeah, I get, get behind me. Yesterday. No, no, get behind me. We'll flip for it. Um, <laughs> Pace, I'm prettier. Can you take me instead? <laughs> I think we should put that out for a vote. Um, so Nadir <laughs> wants to know, if you were to start all over today, what would you do? Um, if I was to start all over to get, um, I would get in front of people. I would get in front of... TTP. TTP. Uh, not just sellers, honestly, yeah. though. Meetups, absolutely. We didn't We didn't start going to meetups with Evil until probably a year and a half ago. Mm-hmm. So being at meetups, meeting people, um, just knowing and collaborating with, with others, that's exactly where I would start. I would, I would build my network. Yeah. Um... Pace thinks it's funny that we won't put it up for a vote. I guess we won't put it up for a vote. <laughs> um, so Elizabeth has a question about what are your thoughts about the right people in the right seat? Do you implement um, predictive index when on- onboarding your team? 
Um, we do disc. Mm-hmm. So we actually um, do disc, and I do believe that the right people should be in the right seats because you kind of burn out. You can't have a high S and a C in an acquisition role. That person is, a is not going to be a closer. B, they're all they just want to do is is clean up their podio. That's all they're going to want to do. They're not going to want to make those calls. Mm-hmm. You need a high driver. You need someone that wants to talk to people. Competitive. Competitive, driven. Yeah, absolutely. So yeah, I do believe that that using a disc profile um, would help you put the right people in the right seats. Predictive index. I'm not really familiar with it, but I know it's the same concept. Uh, what about uh, process mapping your operations? Do you what? guys have, do you guys, how do you guys create your pro, uh, procedures? So we started, we started with a blank slate. Um, we saw what other what other friends were, were able to share with us. We saw theirs and we started, all right, so when a lead comes in, what happens? When that happens, what happens? Who's responsible? And you just, you start breaking it down. And if, if it's a question, like, is it a yes or no? Where does that th- kind of lead? Mm-hmm. We mapped that out all into Lucidchart and then we ended up printing it and we, we present it to our team just so that they can visually see it. We ask for our acquisition and disposition and sales managers um, help to make sure that there's no gaps. Mm-hmm. Just because Evo, I, and Jesse as owners think it's the right way doesn't mean it's always the right way. So getting input from your team I think is huge before you make a finalized decision on it. Right, and Ricky Morgan wants to know what would be your biggest piece of advice to get from five deals a month to 10? Collaborate. I don't. I don't know. Yeah. Uh, I don't know what else. Collaborate. Find people that can't sell their deals. Mm-hmm. Um, that that their disposition or their buyers list is a little bit smaller. Help them sell. Help them grow. Help someone else, and you're gonna grow with them. You'll grow yep. together. And Pace wants to know what is your superpower. All right, Pace. My superpower is, I guess, um, Dragon Mom. <laughs> I, <know, laughs> I don't know what else to say. Um, I think I'm very structured and organized in, in my work life. I know expo- like where things should be, where they should be, mm-hmm. what time. And I think just that 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 would be my superpower. Yeah, so. we were joking about it all online. Like Annie's the only one in our crew who's in her 20s. We're all a bunch of old. Some of us are in our 40s. Yeah. Um, <laughs> but she's she's the dragon mama. Yeah. Um, Kevin wants to know, Kevin Bozeman, what was your biggest mistake that you made and learned from in 2019? So when we merged companies with Jesse, mm-hmm. um, we we stopped marketing both sides, Jesse and Evo and I. Yeah, he told me about that. <laughs> so we, <laughs> which was a disaster. We stopped marketing um, beginning of Jan- uh, beginning of April. So we merged in May first, and beginning of April, we both stopped marketing. And pipeline was good, was really good, really good. And then once we merged, we had five or six acquisition managers because we merged the entire team with no leads. So then it was, Eva was on vacation, he was on a cruise. (laughs) Jesse is not a systems guy. I'm trying to put together all the systems from both sides with no leads. You were. Yes, I'm trying to put everything together. Jesse's trying to like keep everyone's morales up. He's trying to make sure that they're they're still excited about this amazing merge that we promised so many things, Mm -hmm. but no leads. Yeah. And it was until it wasn't until June beginning or mid June that we had our pipeline rebuilt. Yeah. So a month and a half was completely just honestly I want to say we probably lost about eighty thousand in that month and a half. So never turn off. 
marketing? Uh, no, no, vacation, absolutely nothing. No, don't turn it off. Like, lose a lead or two, honestly, if you have to, but never turn it off. Yeah. Uh, and then Chris wants to know, what website or service are you using for your disk test? Uh, just Tony Robbins. Uh, when I hire, I use wisehire.com, and that kind of com that's pre-built into the person's application, mm -hmm. so it doesn't show complete on my side until they complete that as well. Right. So, so uh, wisehire. Mm-hmm. W-I-Z-E. Uh, and AJ wants to know, as far as networking, he wants to know like what kind of networking, what, what advantage does networking directly provide? Collaboration opportunities, um, just helping each other, just because I don't know the answer to something doesn't mean it's not out there and it's not readily available, just talking it out with someone. Mm -hmm. um, and just like the development opportunity, like we, we wanted to do something, we, but we had only a portion of it. On the other side, Chris, they, they, wanted, they wanted to have this development opportunity, but they were missing a piece. We, we were holding each other's pieces, mm -hmm. puzzle pieces, so. And then if you were to come up with a plan, this Bernard, if you were to come up with a plan for networking, what would that be? A plan? Mm-hmm. Um, what does that mean? If you were to say, like, all right, like, let's say you had someone that just reached out to you. Uh-huh. Like, I want to start growing my business. I want to start networking. What are the instructions? There's no instructions. Just let me see how – this is, this is how we kind of – this is how we actually started the batch side mm -hmm. is Jesse and Evo called each other. And Jesse thought that Evo needed help. Evo thought that Jesse needed help. So they met together and they're like, how can I help you? Right. So help someone. Mm -hmm. Help someone. And it's kind of going back to the go-giver. It's help someone. Don't really expect anything in return right then and there. Just yeah. know that you, when you throw out good, you're going to get it back too. Yep. So, Without an agenda, just go out there to help. Yeah, that's it. Uh, Charles wants to know, how are you managing your time running several uh, million-dollar businesses? Um... <laughs> Honestly, it's, it's difficult. Yeah. Um, our time, so again, I'm focused more on the wholesale operations. Evo and Jesse are focused more on the um, the batch side. Mm -hmm. So the reason that I think that the way that we manage our time is I only I only tell them what, what's going on in the wholesale operation on a Tuesday between 9 to 10. At the other time, unless it's a fire that needs to be put out right then and there, they don't know about it. Mm -hmm. Unless, or they maybe walk through the room and they hear a conversation, but otherwise they don't know. So I think that's how we manage our time. It's, it's we have our meeting, weekly meetings, our level ten meetings, and that's where everything gets brought up to the table. And everything else is compartmentalized. Absolutely. Yeah. So how are you handling all those um, distractions from everyone coming to your office? In the batch office. Yeah. Um, you close the door. <laughs> um, we have little like wheels that we have. It's like do not disturb, knock, please come in, out of office. It's a little round circle. Yeah. It's the best way. Um, and honestly, I, if I needed to do something and it's really I just need to like sit down, focus, like I go in earlier because mm. no one else is going to show up. Evo's the only one that's in the office. He gets in there anywhere from 3 a.m. to 6, p. Or 6 a.m. He's in there. And then Jesse comes around like nine-ish, but he stays along the latest. So if yeah. I'm trying to get something focused, it's between the the, the six and the nine, because I know Evo's not going to talk to me. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, Damu wants to know, how are you generating your leads right now? Um, SMS, RVM, and cold call. So we have Elizabeth's team. They're cold calling for us. Mm -hmm. um, we have four cold, call four, four cold callers with them. Um, so we have cold calling going there. We have RVMs. We're using our RVM system. Um, we get between all um, RVM and SMS or RVM and uh, cold call. We get about fifty 
leads that go into our lead manager. Mm-hmm. At that point, she qualifies or disqualifies people, and about four go to our acquisition managers. Um, and then SMS is a completely sep- separate platform that our acquisition managers, they see like, hey, I'm busy, I'm not busy, I'm gonna send out more text message or I'm gonna send out less. So they manage that. They just have like a quota to meet at the end of the week. Um, you should have sent out this many text messages and had this many conversations. Right. Uh, Brent says that uh, you're a cuter, so I guess Brent's spoken. I guess we don't need to vote. Brent, there we go. Brent Daniels has spoken. Perfect. Um, and Jay Barrera says that we should load up everyone in RV for all the superstars to do America. I uh, think that's a great idea. <laughs> I don't know about an RV. Why not? <laughs> just like a party bus and just see what happens. Uh, so Leo O'Guire wants to know, how many cold calls does your team do a day? So it's actually Elizabeth's team that does the cold call for us. Mm-hmm. Um, they do about 2,000. One person does about 2,000 a week. So break that down. Okay. So 8,000. So that's... Can we do math right now? <laughs> um, and how much money you guys put into it, for uh, into cold calling? Into cold calling. So it's something that's just... Um, we have four people calling right now. Um, we have, I believe that they're at $10 an hour. Mm-hmm. So 10, they, they work full 40 hour shifts a week. So it's our cold calling team. What would you estimate to be your overhead for marketing for your business, for a higher offer? For overhead for marketing, um, monthly, weekly? Monthly. Monthly. Um, right now we're running around, right around 11,000. Um, that is our overhead for marketing, and that includes kind of uh, that includes our, all of our cold calls, all of our RVMs, the skip tracing that goes along with it, the purchasing of the lists, absolutely everything from start to finish, and and all of the systems for to to manage our our lists. And what markets are you guys in? So we started marketing in Dallas. We weren't really prepared to actually go in Dallas. Um, we kind of shut that off. We still have some some leads coming in. Mm-hmm. But right now, primarily, we are focused in the Phoenix area, Phoenix, Tucson, and also some of Flagstaff. I'm curious. You say that you weren't ready for Dallas. Mm-hmm. What makes you say you weren't ready for Dallas? So um, once we we ramped up the pipeline in June, we wanted to be the biggest, baddest, the the greatest, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and we thought that having a huge volume would be easy. Why not? We, it'd, be, it'd be super easy. Yeah. At one point, we had 37 deals on the board. Wow. So it was 37 deals. They didn't all close. Mm-hmm. So it was things that got dropped. Um, there's just too many pieces that weren't mapped out. Mm-hmm. And it was at the time where we were still learning each other, learning each other's strengths, weaknesses. Um, our team or, or our team was still trying to get to know each other. And I would say that's why we didn't succeed. Um, we also, we had great partners out in uh, Dallas. Mm-hmm. Um, we just, when, once the acquisition let it go, like who's responsible? No one knew. Yeah. Like absolutely no one. So it sounds like though, it was really more of a team issue, not a location issue. Yeah, it wasn't. Yeah, it wasn't the fact that Dallas wasn't right for us. It mm-hmm. was just Dallas wasn't right for us at that time. So then, is that something so that then, you guys would revisit in twenty twenty? Um, would it be something that I don't think so? 
at this point, like, I'm obviously, I don't know what it expect. Like, tw- if I was trying to math out 2019, <laughs> I would have probably been way under on all of mm-hmm. her goals. I knew what I knew what it would have been under. Yeah. Um, I, it's kind of difficult for me to answer that, but I'm not moving a market right now mm-hmm. unless I know that I've captured absolutely every lead, absolutely everything in my local market. Because yeah. my biggest, my biggest network is here. So I don't want to go anywhere else until I'm tapped out. Makes sense. Uh, Marissa Davila wants to know, do you ever feel like being a young immigrant woman was dif- uh, made it difficult for you to get into real estate investing? Uh, I would say, yeah. Uh, How so? I would say, like, just think about, like, go-giver. Mm-hmm. How many times have you seen me in the last, I want to say, even, like, a year? Go there maybe once or twice Not at most. Lot. So Mostly Jesse and Evo. Mostly Jesse and Evo because you walk into that room and all, it's just so much just testosterone that's in yeah. the room. Um, so in the beginning, I want to say there wasn't very many female that were in. It's just you and Danny. The, that's it, right? In the Phoenix market, it was just mm-hmm. me and Danny. Those, those were the people that people knew of. Mm-hmm. And it wasn't until recently that I started seeing a lot more women, which I'm really happy about. There's And, and you're helping each other. It wasn't... They're women that are helping each other grow right now. Mm-hmm. So right now, I don't think you're going to see the same struggle as probably a year or two ago. Yeah. But it was. I think that there was a little bit of a bigger um, hurdle for me to jump over because mm-hmm. it's like just naturally, I feel like people just um, levitated and just talked to evil because a he looks like a giant and I look like a two <laughs> a two year old kid next to him. <laughs> but, but they would assume that, and they would assume that we're a husband and wife team kind of thing, mm-hmm. which absolutely not. <laughs> right. My brother, but um, they always just assumed that I was in the business just to help him out. Mm-hmm. Like he was the head, and then I was just kind of helping him out. Right. And it's not. How did you deal with that? Um, I would say reach out to people that didn't reach out to him. Um, kind of network with people that didn't network with him, people that were intimidated by Evo and his size and his name. <laughs> well, we got Evo Dragunov, come on. Like. I mean, he reminds me of the Russian boxer in Rocky. <laughs> My point exactly, like yeah. it's, it's still a little bit intimidating. So the people that were intimidated by him, mm-hmm. those are the people that I would network with. Those yeah. are the people that I was trying to get get uh, a connection with, that, was, that I was trying to grow my business with. Right. Um, so that's, I think that's how I got around it. I saw him walking away from Evo. I'm like, that's my person. <laughs> you're mine. Uh, Sam wants to know what RVM system you're using. We're using our own, and it's batch ringless, batch voice leads. Sorry, batch voice leads. Um, and then what Bernard wants to know with your SMS platform, are you guys providing best practices to keep delivery rates high? Absolutely. So we are going to have training on it. We have onboarding. We have absolutely everything that you're going to want in an SMS platform. Mm-hmm. On top of that, we are there. We have a team. We have a team that's there to support you guys, to help support people to succeed. Because we're not going to be successful in what we do unless people using our system are successful. So we want to make sure that we're providing the best and the most resources mm-hmm. to an investor, to a wholesaler. And it's it's actually some of our old acquisition managers that are now support for Batch. Right. They're in-house. If they don't know answer to something, they come to me. They come to our acquisitions. They ask, and we solve it then and there. Um, we build up everything absolutely like from scratch on our end, 
um, on the batch side. So I think that knowing what does work and doesn't work in a wholesale operation is kind of what's led us to be so successful in the batch side. Are you actually in the business? Yeah, absolutely. Uh, Damien Gonzalez wants to know, are you doing any door knocking? We are not doing any door knocking. We actually don't even go on appointments. Mm -hmm. Everything that we do, um, all the contracts we do sign is virtual. Um, so I don't do any door knocking. Is that an opportunity or is that something that I would, I would look into? Mm -hmm. Absolutely. Um, we we can't be Pace. <laughs> I, don't th I don't think anyone can be Pace, honestly. No, the, that guy's crazy, yeah. crazy hardworking. And yeah, and it's it's not just so it's not just the hardworking part. It's like I we're not I'm not as comfortable in front of a seller as Pace is, right? Mm -hmm. So I'm not comfortable in teaching someone, and if I'm not comfortable doing it, I don't know if I can be comfortable like leading someone to to do that. Right. So unless Pace wants to train my team, but you guys are working on a mobile app. We are working, so Batch is working on, and I'm like super excited about it actually. Uh, Batch is working on a mobile app. We're building it in-house. We have um, we have a few developers that are just specifically dedicated to that right now, and we're building it. And then within, I want to say by March, we should be out of beta, mm -hmm. um, and we're going to have it launched, and we're going to have it launched with, obviously, Pace, uh, Brent, Tom, Tom Kroll's helping out on this. Mm -hmm. So being able to, to collaborate on something like that with such great people, um, I'm excited Amazing about minds. I can't wait. <laughs> um, so simple question is, what are you guys doing when you guys are locking up these deals? Like, how are you guys moving it? Um, how are we dispoing it? Mm -hmm. So the majority of our dispo goes through uh, SMS. We text message all of our buyers. Another portion of it, which is a lot of what a lot of people do, another thing that we do is we have many chat uh, set up on our... Um, yeah, I get harassed by that all the time. I'm sorry, but <laughs> it works. Obviously, you know we're there. So that's the point. You so, want to elaborate on what many chat is? Yeah, so many chat is you put it on top of your home, um, the website where your buyers go to. And it's kind of like a pop-up that just goes in the middle, the middle of the screen and it asks people to connect to their Facebook. So once you connect to the, the buyer, as a buyer, you connect to the Facebook, and then once we have a property that's out there ready to market, you get it sent to your Facebook. So yeah. it's... You don't, Facebook you don't, Messenger. Yeah, you don't have the deliverability issues that email and SMS provides, so I think that's a really great way to go about it as well. Yeah. Um, and Nelson wants to know, how do you keep uh, everyone under control? How do you keep your team motivated? Oh, how do we keep a Jesse? <laughs> <laughs> I think that's something that I'm still learning, honestly. Yeah. Um, it's difficult for me. Um, because sometimes like I'll, like once I get my head in, in, in working, I become very monotone and just like you come up with something really? exciting. <laughs> Not as monotone as you. <laughs> <laughs> what? <laughs> <laughs> Not as monotone, but it's, it's difficult for me to like show a lot of excitement. I don't know if it's just the, my personality type mm -hmm. or what it is, but I'm still learning to just have those like emotions and something that Jesse was uh, complaining about the other day it was like when something bad happens I just I say good yeah. and when something good happens I'm like good yeah. like there's nothing in between so it's he's like I need you to show me excitement <laughs> he's like I need you to know that you're upset and that you're mad that we didn't hit a goal or I need you to I want to see that you're excited that we did I don't think you need to change that's a uh, uh, as a leader yeah uh, Jocko Wilnick uh, he did a, an actual talk about this 
And he says, doesn't matter what the, what happened, the answer is good. Well, he actually gave a talk, and it's called good. Just look that one up. Send that right. to Jesse to tell him to shut up. Hey, Jesse, can you look it up for me? <laughs> uh, so do you know what your why is? Um... So until, okay, until recently, like everyone talks about their why and mm-hmm. everyone's like, my wife, my kids, my husband, my, I don't have that. I don't have the, the family. I don't obviously have mom and dad and evil, mm-hmm. but I don't have a family on my own. So it was very difficult for me to understand like what my why was. It wasn't until probably like three or four months ago that I realized that my why could be completely selfish and it didn't have to make sense to you. It didn't have to make sense to, to absolutely nope. anyone. And it was something that it was completely just for myself. Mm-hmm. My why is I never want to be in that situation that my parents were in. And my why is to help people, actually. Um, I want to build these great companies. I want to build these empires so that I can do more. So yeah. I can have a bigger network. I can have a bigger reach. And I want to help people is, is my end game. I want to be able to build houses and provide food and shelter to other people. I don't think that I've actually shared that with many people um, because you, I didn't know it. But you demonstrated it this yes. past Christmas. Yeah. With your elf costumes. <laughs> Absolutely, which you really didn't want to participate in. I'm not festive. Come on, Steve. Um, what is your biggest struggle right now? Managing and leading. Knowing how to be a good leader. Um, it's not something that you can kind of like put a system in place for. Uh, so learning that is probably my biggest struggle. Um, I wanna be supportive to my team. Mm-hmm. And I know that I've fallen short sometimes and I don't want that to happen ever, um, but it does. And it's kind of frustrating and like I get frustrated and I, I think that they think that I'm frustrated with them. It's like I'm frustrated more with myself because I don't know how to fix it. I don't know how to make them be okay with it with whatever's going on yeah so that's my biggest struggle and what are you doing about that um learning learning watching as many videos reading as many books um right now the book that i'm actually like physically reading because i do a lot of audibles but i actually do actually read a physical book um the one thing so i'm trying to focus on one thing a day so then i can focus a lot more of my attention to my team mm-hmm. versus because there's we always work off those check boxes like got this done got that done like what's next right right so i'm trying to figure out like what's the one thing in the day that needs to get done so then i can turn around and focus on my team um is it difficult absolutely because it's not i'm I'm the checkbook person i'm like done 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 and i get a satisfaction from it but it's not i don't think that's what's going to propel us uh have you read good leaders ask great questions no it's my favorite leadership book just check it out um will do and Damien wants to know, are you doing any mentoring? Personally, we are not doing any mentoring. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't think we have enough time to do so. Um, there's plenty of people that are out there. Uh, I know you do some. Mm-hmm. Um, so if you're trying to learn, trying a great mentor, I would say you, you're probably a really good mentor to learn from. Um, like I learn from you constantly, so it's not. I appreciate that. Yeah, so it's not, it's not something that it's on my books right now. Yeah. Will I be open to it eventually? Maybe. I don't know. I can't answer that. Yeah. Right now, no. 
Uh, and Leo Guire wants to know how many contracts you all do you all get on SMS. He has y'all, I think, because he's from Houston. All right, there we go. Uh, so SMS. So we just actually left our previous platform that we were using, and we are full on the batch platform mm-hmm. right now. We are working on our second contract, so I'm not able to answer that question because we just migrated systems. What about on your last system? Our last system, we were doing three deals a month from SMS. Cool. So total of 10, three from SMS. So one thing that helped a lot, you know, it bonded a lot of us was we live back in Dallas last year. Yeah. And I tell everyone that you're the lead troublemaker. I, that's, I don't believe that. So you want to talk about why I feel that way? Yeah. <laughs> uh, <laughs> so it was, uh, it was, we came to support you, right? Yeah. It was, um, we came to Dallas to support you because you got an honor to speak on the same stage as uh, Gary Vee, yeah. Max Maxwell, and a lot of other great people. So we wanted to be out there to support you. Um, and I think you actually mentioned, you are like, yeah, it's my half birthday. I'm like, oh, No, I didn't say any of you those. You did. I did not. No, what happened was Jamil was giving a toast at the table to me, saying, you know, without me, yes, we wouldn't yes, all be there. Yes. And I said, this is really uncomfortable. And yep. it feels like everyone's standing around singing happy birthday. Yeah, well, there and we then, go. And then I told the waitress uh, that it was your birthday. <laughs> you got free cake from it. <laughs> and you still, for some reason, were not very happy. I still have pictures of that. And, <laughs> and, and I promise to do it to every, every time we travel out of state together to an event, whether we're speaking together or not. I promise if I'm there, I'm singing happy birthday. And I'm sorry, Mom, I know you told me not to sing in public. And it happened again. Yeah, it happened again in, 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 in Houston. Houston, yeah. Yep. But it was your birthday. It was close to close enough it was to your close. birthday. It was close. Yeah. All right. So um, if someone wanna get a hold of you, how would they do that? Facebook, Instagram, and I don't know if I should phone number that as your call i don't normally recommend it but pasted it some of these other guys are doing it all right phone number 602-622-5322 um just text me because i probably won't answer if you call right now (laughs) (laughs) just text i'm I'm pretty good at that um and are there any last thoughts you want to leave the listeners with um yeah, I would probably just go back to if you're looking for trouble, you'll find it. Mm-hmm. So if you're looking for collaboration, you're looking to grow, you're looking for 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 a great circle, something to build something that like what we have here, go looking for it. It's Yeah. I think you'll find intentionally, it. Intentionally, yeah. You know, I've talked to a few people, uh, you know, going to these different events. Mm-hmm. Like you guys in Phoenix are weird. Yeah. Right? <laughs> and they're like, We wanna do it. We wanna do the same thing. Yeah, but it doesn't exist. Mm-hmm. And my feedback to them has been the same every time. It's like, if you're not finding it, then create it. Yeah, absolutely. And they'll find you. Absolutely. Yep, I love that message. So, uh, guys, again, if you like this show, please share this episode right now because the rising tide does lift all boats. And go. thank Perfect. you very thank much. You. Thank you, guys, thank you. for tuning in.